Coming up on Locked On Dodgers, the game went exactly how we wanted it to go. Clayton Kershaw dominated. The offense put up a lot of runs, and they didn't have to use anyone significant out of the bullpen. Also, Miguel Rojas is starting to hit the ball a little bit better. So what does that mean for the Dodgers? And lastly, Padres are coming into town this weekend. What do we expect and what do we want to see uh, from this series? So that's what's on tap. So make sure to keep it Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers. Your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This is a daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. And if you want to become a part of the Everydayers, the Everydayers Club, or wherever you want to say it, you can just subscribe in each of those places and never miss a day because you know we're not going to. If this is your first time listening watching, I'm Vince Amperio. I'm joined by my co-host, Jeff Snyder. And we're both Lafayette and Dodger fans that have covered the team, have been in the press box, been in the locker room, been us Camelback Ranch, have been all over the country watching the Dodgers. And uh, we're here to you know, not really bring you insider news, but to bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. That's what we're here to do today. Uh, your weekday morning, if you did it the right way, like the everydayers, you listen to the Dodgers podcast earlier in the morning, and then you watch the Dodgers play or listen to the Dodgers play on the SXM app at 1040 in the morning, uh, if you're in the LA area, and you watch the Dodgers do pretty much how we laid out the ideal way for the Dodgers to kind of play this out, right, Jeff? Yeah, I, uh, I, I went back to listen because I actually, in my mind, whenever I'm thinking about a big comfortable lead eight to one is what I always go to in my mind. And so I, I had to go back and say, I don't think I said eight to one yesterday, but I almost like in my mind, I was thinking, oh yeah, you know, offense score some runs. Kershaw go seven, leave with an eight to one lead and let Wander swear up the last two innings. I really wish I had said it because eight to one is my go-to score in this situation. And that was the, the final score in this game. Uh, yeah, it was exactly what we hoped for. Kershaw was not just seven innings, but seven very efficient innings. So it's not even like, He's going to be tired for his next start. He only threw 92 pitches, uh, which 13 per inning. Uh, just dominant performance from, from Kershaw. And then Wander Suero had a really good two-inning stint that uh, ultimately, you know, he didn't even need to be really good. He was going to pitch those last two innings no matter what. And uh, But he he was really good. And it was two hours and 11 minutes, Vince. Uh, for uh, Like, you could have conceivably slept through this entire game, not even woken up. You know, if you had a, a rough uh, Tuesday night, you know, one of those one of those Tuesday nights, you might have slept through this whole game. Yeah. And uh, it, yeah, like you said, it was a, another great Kershaw performance, especially coming off his last one where he walked a lot of guys and you know didn't quite have the outing he wanted to. 18 swings and misses, seven innings, just the one home run to Contreras, uh, one of those maybe a little bit of a hanger, maybe a little bit of Contreras was expecting and it, it landed right in his wheelhouse. But other than that, you know, really no stressful innings. Like you mentioned, he's not going to be, you know, too tired. And exactly what we said that Kershaw has been, and they said on the broadcast too, 
the Dodgers have counted on Kershaw in this type of spot for a lot of times in the past years, whether it's to stop a losing streak, which this wasn't what to stop a losing streak, but either to stop a losing streak to, you know, get them over the hump to the next day without using too many bullpen arms or to rescue them after, you know, a day they use too many bullpen arms. That's exactly what he did. And, you know, he, he likes pitching in Milwaukee. He's, he has a pretty uh, decent outings out there in Milwaukee as well. And yeah, offensively, the homers continued. Freddie Freeman hit one out. Will Smith hit one out. Miguel Vargas hit another one out. Um, Miguel Vargas went. I know he's a, a very good hitter and he can hit to all, all parts of the field. And, you know, probably when he's going best, he's hitting it more up the middle and to right center. But the last couple of times when he's turned on one, it, his swing is really, really nice. Yeah. And I think that's what people are expecting him to develop as he becomes a more mature major leaguer is some of that gap power, he is going to turn on the ball once in a while. And, and we see that, you know, Freddie Freeman is not a pull hitter. Freddie Freeman hits at all fields, but when he does turn on one, he's got a ton of power. And I, I feel like Vargas has potential to be a similar hitter to, to Freeman from the other side of the plate, obviously, with that, you know, gap power, hitting hitting doubles, hitting the ball to the gap, spraying the ball around. But also when you make a mistake inside, he's going to turn on it and hit it a thousand feet. Because, uh, yeah, he's got, and we talked about yesterday, whether it's, a lot of backspin or whatever, like he, and that, that one today, uh, he hit 107 miles an hour. It did not look like he hit it that hard. You know, it, it, he hit it well, but uh, whatever it is, like there's some sort of optical illusion going on because his, his bat doesn't look as fast as the exit velocities tell you it must be. Yeah. It, it's like I said, his swing. I mean, we talked about it the lot yesterday when, you know, if he actually swung hard, he might hit that one over. His swing doesn't look like he swings hard. And, I, you know, it. but the way he puts it, the backspin that he does when he does turn on the ball, yeah, he, he's looking good. And, you know, after having James Outman being rookie of the month, first month, so far the, the start Vargas is off to right now, uh, you know, looking like a potential May rookie of the month in that case. And, yeah, it was just complete. Everyone on, on the offense had something to contribute for the most part. I think, you know, our, our boy Trace Thompson – went 0 for 1, then he got subbed out, then Peralta actually came through in, in his regards. We can talk about Trace real quick. So Boyle Punk did put out a tweet um, that he talked to Trace and you know, kind of puts the things into perspective, not only for, for you know, Trace put it into perspective for him, but put it in perspective for us. You know, he kind of mentioned during these struggles right now and during that 0 for skid that he had, you know, just how he said he was in a dark spot and, and you know, trying to figure things out. And then that he – changes his mindset of thinking and so you know he's playing in the major leagues and you know that kind of helps him out of it and you know obviously we've talked about him and and it's easy for us to say you know trace thompson dfam but you know he is still a guy so it puts that in perspective for us but at the end of the day you know realistically for this dodger team to, you know tomorrow could be his last day uh jd martinez is expected to come back friday we still both probably both think that bush is going to get sent down in, in, the, in that aspect but um, you know, if, if there was a time, you know, a month of time is, is long enough for a guy like Trace Thompson to, if it, if it is his time, you know, thank you for what you did. And, uh, you know, and, you know, you might find your way back in a couple of more years and, and have another little tear. Yeah. And the one argument that could be in favor of keeping Bush, uh, would be because Chris Taylor can play all over the field. And if you keep Bush, you just say, okay, Taylor, you're just an outfielder. Now Bush becomes that uh, you know, backup infielder. Uh, the, the problem is Bush can't play shortstop. And so you, you're back at Miguel Rojas playing shortstop every day. If you go that route, 
Uh, so yeah, it's probably Bush going back down to the minors. But yeah, I, I think uh, I, I think we've both been pretty clear that uh, we have nothing but love for Trace Thompson personally. Not you know we don't want him to fail. It's just you know uh, the writing was on the wall. We talked about it during the off season that we were nervous about Trace Thompson this year because last year's success seemed unsustainable, and so far it has been. I, I, I guess on the bright side, I feel like this year's lack of success is unsustainable too, because Trace has been so like, he almost has to get better just by accident even uh, because it's really hard to be this bad for this long. And uh, so, so maybe he is going to break out a little bit, but uh, yeah, until they make a trade, you know, if they were to trade for a Willie Adamas or a Tim Anderson to be that starting shortstop that then I think Trace would be the roster casualty at that point, because that does push Chris Taylor back to a full-time outfield role and eliminate the need for Trace Thompson. But I think until there's a trade for either a shortstop or an outfielder, uh, I, I think I think Trace is sticking around. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the he had almost has to get better, and that's maybe true. But also, they're really only using him against lefties, and he hasn't been able to hit lefties. You know, last year you could say if he had a little bit of a moment like this and then, but he was playing more so every day after, after a certain point, or at least on a somewhat everyday basis. So he was facing more righties, which he was hitting. So yeah, it, it's just a weird spot that they're in for him, especially with Peralta and Hayward. Like I said, Peralta is not doing enough to make you say we don't need him, but he's not doing enough to say he, he shouldn't play, but he's just kind of doing enough like treading water. Jason Hayward at this point has been pretty good. So, and you know, Altman's now an everyday guy. So yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens in the outfield. Uh, we're going to talk about Miguel Rojas because he's a guy that also was not hitting very well at the start of the year. He's still not hitting amazingly well, but he's doing enough to make us have a segment about him and, and kind of where the Dodgers move forward with him and and what they would need to see in order to kind of feel comfortable with him or with this current alignment that they have at shortstop. So that's what's on tap, so make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Have you ever wanted tickets, but you didn't get them in the moment? You know, you didn't buy them, and now it's sold out, and now you don't know what to do. Well, if this was back in the day, you could go to a stadium and look for a scalper, but we're not back in the day. We're in the new age, and all you have to do is get the Game Time app, and you can find tickets to basically any event in your area uh, and get yourself some some good tickets, some bad tickets, whatever. You can get whatever tickets you want, and the, they got killer deals on last-minute tickets, and they also have a best price guarantee, so you can stop stressing over buying them and then having to worry about you know tickets dropping at a later point. Browse the Game Time app. Go check it out. They got, you know, not just baseball games. They got basketball games. You know, Lakers have to keep winning. There's concerts. There's other events that are going on. Um, it's easy to find tickets. They got seat views for for if you're looking at oh, how's this going to look, where am I sitting? You can get some seat views. You can check all that out. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Don't plan in advance. Just wait till the day of the game. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price because if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB, that's with all caps, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account on the Game Time app and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed thank you for making lockdown dodgers your first listen of the day every day make sure to listen tomorrow as we'll have an episode or yeah tomorrow as we'll have an episode uh answering your mailbag questions so if you have any mailbag questions go check it out and remember to listen every day and become a part of the everydayers 
and while there's no game tomorrow, uh, there is a game on Friday. And if you're not able to watch it, you can always listen with Sirius XM or the Sirius XM XSM app. Uh, just search Dodgers and you can find it. You can also find Locked on Dodgers on there if you want another place to listen to us. So all that being said now, Jeff, Miguel Rojas uh, had a couple hits yesterday. He's had a few games with multiple hits in the last week. He's still not hitting 200. If you look over his stats over the last you know week, he's still uh, he's at 250. If you look at over the last couple weeks, he's at 225. So it's not anything to write home about, but it's a lot better than it was at the start of the season. And you know, I don't know if it's a matter of the injuries or him figuring it out or whatever the case is, or just the fact that he's able to stay on the field now because he's not the everyday shortstop. But it's nice to see the guy that they got to put the bat, you know, make contact and and occasionally come through, start coming through. Yeah, for sure. He had a a big hit the other day, the the RBI single to right field after Outman's double. And then in Wednesday's game, he had two hits, almost had three. A great play by the second baseman. You know, basically, uh, it looked just like Rojas' second hit, a line drive up the middle. But the the second baseman made a nice play on it. Uh, yeah, Rojas, you put the bat on the ball and Kirsten Watson talked to him after the game about the, the change. And he said it was a lot about the injuries and just the, the consistency of, you know, I, I play for a couple of days and I'm hurt. And so it's hard to get in the groove offensively. Uh, but he said that, uh, he's been working a lot with the hitting coaches and the confidence that Dave Roberts has shown in him has helped out a lot. And yeah, I mean, this is what we expect. We don't expect Miguel Rojas to be. He's not going to lead the league in batting average. He's not going to be a great hitter, but he does put the bat on the ball when he's going right. He, he he makes contact and and he hits the ball. You know, one of the things we talked about during the offseason was potential for him to hit the ball a little bit harder uh, with some some swing stuff. The Dodgers had said that they had identified some things they thought they could help with that. And you know, a guy who puts the bat on the ball as often as he does, if he can hit the ball a little bit harder those things are going to fall a little bit more, especially without the shift. You know, he's the opposite of a three true outcomes guy. He's a zero true outcomes guy. He doesn't walk, doesn't strike out, and doesn't hit homers. Uh, he just puts the ball in play. And the shift, the lack of the shift should help a guy like that. And, uh, you know, we saw that that his base hit up the middle uh, today probably would have been an out last year because they would have had him shifted over and the second baseman would have made the play. The The second one, second baseman was just close enough to get it. Uh, you know, and obviously the first, it was just a line drive to left field. It's going to be a hit regardless of, of any sort of shift, but yeah, Rojas is a guy who definitely could and probably should be a contributor offensively a lot more than his, uh, what's he at now? One, one ninety three. He's almost up to the Mendoza line now. Uh, but you know, if, if he can bat two forty uh, and, and get some of these key hits, that's huge, especially for a backup shortstop, a, a utility infielder guy, which is hopefully the role that he'll be spending most of his time in. Uh, that could be pretty valuable. Yeah, and like I said, it, we know we, we with him we're talking about batting average, but that's because, like you just mentioned, he doesn't walk, he doesn't hit homers, so his value does kind of come from batting average. And uh, you know, he's mostly going to hit singles. And you know, he came through the other day starting one of the rally or being a part of the rally when he hit that single off of Alvarado against the Phillies. So, you know, he, he can come through when they need him. But now it kind of shifts the conversation a little bit to the shortstop you know, position. Dave Robert did say Mookie Betts will play there about 20% of the time against right-handers. So most of the time they're probably going to face 
you know, five right-handers in a week uh, or five to seven, depending on how many games they have, which means Mookie's basically going to start once a week at short, maybe twice on a, on a good week. You know, Miguel Rojas will get a couple of those. Chris Taylor will get a couple of those starts. But, you know, as everyone kind of comes forward, if, you know, and it, it's obviously going to change a lot. If Taylor keeps hitting, then he can play shortstop conceivably more and Mookie can stay in the outfield conceivably more. And, it, you know, it's not going to make the difference. If Taylor's not hitting or if Rojas not hitting or whatever the case, you know, let's just say everyone's hitting that normal-ish position, like normal-ish for their career. Jeff, how would you like this shortstop kind of position to look like? I mean, if, if like you said, if Taylor can bounce back and actually start hitting, if Taylor could be 2017 Taylor, I love him as the starting shortstop. You know, but if he's, you know, even though he's been hitting better, he's still he's still pretty Chris Taylory in the swing and miss, you know? And so uh, I'm going to need to see a little bit more sustained success from Taylor before I'm really comfortable saying, Hey, he can just be our starting shortstop. Uh, so right now, I mean, Mookie at shortstop is a situation I really like. Uh, he's played shortstop. Well, uh, he's obviously got the athleticism for it and, and it does allow them, especially against righties, like you said, to get Outman uh, Hayward and Peralta in the lineup in the outfield. Uh, and, and, you know, e- even uh, obviously Peralta is the one of these things is not like the others of those three. Uh, but, you know, e- even he in his career has hit righties really well. And so I, I like the potential of Peralta. Uh, he-, he generally gives you a good at bat and he's had a couple big hits for the Dodgers this year. And so I feel like that's a pretty decent chance to win a game, have a Mookie at shortstop there. Uh, I do think that they are going to be big players in the in the market for Willie Adamas or Tim Anderson if the White Sox and or Brewers start selling. Uh, because I, I do think that uh, the ideal situation at shortstop probably isn't currently on their roster. Yeah, and and yeah, that's that's probably right. And and when it comes to it, I think yeah, Mookie once or twice a week, Rojas once or twice a week, Taylor once or twice a week kind of works for now until somebody maybe emerges or or doesn't emerge in that sense i do think that roberts can do a better job of kind of maybe planning out a little bit better to where there's not games where like rojas and barnes are in the lineup if you can avoid that and you know until rojas is like hitting 300 and then maybe then it won't matter but uh you know i do think you know like okay we're gonna face this guy this guy this guy this guy you know, okay, we'll we'll have Mookie at short this day and Rojas sitting because we want Barnes to play this day. And then the next day, you know, Smith is back, whatever the case is, especially when JD comes back, because then they're not going to be able to get in, you know, Will Smith's bat at DH or anybody or, you know, Michael Bush or whoever else. They're not going to be able to mix in guys at DH anymore. Once JD's back is for the most part of JD's playing, he's going to be DH. And that's going to be for, you know, most of the time, unless they're going to try to ease them back into it, which is also a possibility. So, yeah, I think for now it's a couple of times a week, but I do think if you can manipulate it to where you're not having a, a day with Barnes and Rojas, or if Taylor's in a bad swing of things, you don't have Taylor and Barnes in the lineup, I think the Dodgers can manipulate that because Barnes only plays once, twice a week at the most, and Mookie's going to play once or twice a week at the most at shortstop. Yeah, of course, here we are saying this on a day the Dodgers just scored eight runs with Taylor, <laughs> Thompson, Barnes, and Rojas all in the lineup. Yeah, and that, a lot of that, tells you how important Will Smith is. You know, I think the Dodgers are 16 and five now with Will Smith in the lineup. And, and that's, you know, I, I think they're going to have to give JD Martinez and maybe this back issue will be an excuse. To say, you know what? 
Will Smith needs to play pretty much every day. And so on the days when Barnes is catching, Smith is going to be our DH, uh, or at least you know a lot of those days. Uh, I, I think they're going to have to find a way to keep Smith's bat in the lineup uh, almost every day because they are a much better team, much deeper lineup, much more complete lineup uh, with Will Smith in the lineup. Yep. All right. That's uh, enough on that talk. We're going to finish up with the segment on the upcoming series against the Padres this weekend. We know what happened in San Diego last weekend, at least in, after the Padres won the first game and, you know, kind of the, the I guess, trolling. It wasn't very good trolling. Uh, but either way, we're going to talk about how will the Dodgers, you know, stadium in general reacts, which is probably nothing. How fans are going to be, you know, what if this changes anything moving forward for the rest of the season against the Padres. So that's what's on tap. So as always, keep it locked on Dodgers. Today's episode is also brought to you by So Rare. And our new sponsor, So Rare, is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. And unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their own fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your own cards and there's no cost to play. It's kind of like, you know, if you're someone my age, you remember Pokemon and Pokemon cards. And if you ever actually played Pokemon, it's similar to that where you get you collect cards, you try to build a good team, and obviously those, those guys need to perform. It's a little bit different in that sense. But either way, it's kind of like that. So plus, the more you win, you know, if you're out there getting the bigger cards and better cards and guys that, you know, surprise for you, maybe some of those cards that aren't as good, you get them. You, you play against opponents and you can win. And you can win a lot of things that, you know, can range from merchandise, tickets, signed jerseys, VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars. They got a few MLB guys uh, on their brand campaign, Juan Soto, Julio Rodriguez, uh, as two of those guys. So go check out So Rare right now. Head to SoRare.com slash locked on. That's spelled So Rare, S-O-R-A-R-E dot com slash locked on to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash locked on to start playing today. Oh, right, Jeff. So Dodgers have an off day tomorrow. We'll have a mailbag episode, but it wasn't going to guarantee that we get a question about this specifically, uh, although it probably would get a, a Padre question. But either way, last weekend, um, you know, we know what we saw with the Clayton Kershaw and the crying emojis and everything else. You talked about that in general. Uh, my real quick thoughts were I don't mind trolling and pettiness. I just like it to be actually, you know, subtle or worthy or of – of it now you know putting emojis on a player is not funny or good or anything but either way you know dodger stadium has had some of those petty moments in the past specifically more Dieter rule um you know playing under the sea when madison bumgarner was coming out of the game after getting rocked and is potentially outside as a giant um and different subtle things just in general Dieter's done over the years some that are trolly some are that are just in connection with player names or or things of that nature but you know, I don't expect Dodger Stadium as a whole to do it. You know, Dieter Rule could maybe factor his way into this. Uh, but also just like the fans, like, do you expect any, you know, they had the Mookie Betts sign and, you know, Mookie kind of brought it up on the broadcast. But do you, ex I mean, do you expect Dodger fans to react into that moment and play into it and, you know, try to come back at it? Or, well, what do you expect and what do you want, I guess, are two different things. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because, I mean, there's definitely some heat on this rivalry right now, like I talked about last week. It is currently a rivalry on the field because the two teams are battling for the division. And, uh, you know, I, I talked about how the the staying power of the rivalry will will be a different question. 
Uh, but right now, yeah, it, it's pretty, pretty hot. And uh, I think there will be some fan. I, I think the fans are going to be pretty fired up. I think, uh, I don't know if it'll be like San Diego because this is definitely still a rivalry that means more to Padre fans than to Dodger fans. Uh, but I do think that uh, the, the Kershaw nonsense last week will have galvanized the fan base a little bit. And there probably will be some people who are uh, kind of fired up and ready to, uh, to, to be loud. Uh, as far as I, I definitely think Dieter rule is probably working on some stuff right now. Uh, I don't know. I, I've been trying to think if there's maybe uh, something about steroids you know, obviously not specifically about steroids, but if there's some sort of uh, musical theme for Tatis's at bats. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't think there's going to be anything official from the Dodgers for sure. Uh, and I think that the fans are going to be pretty fired up, but not quite Petco Park levels. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of the hostility originates with Padre fans, but I, it's not to say Dodger fans aren't as hostile. Like, to me, it's one of those where, as a Dodger fan, like I feel that us reacting to when Padre fans do stuff is exactly what they want. Like that, they want to rile up Dodger fans, and that's exactly what they've been getting. And you know, I feel like if we treat this like, you know, if fans were just like, oh, treat this like a normal May series, that would be a lot better of a response than to maybe what we're thinking might happen. Whether it's, you know, signs are a little bit harder because Dodgers don't allow signs you'd have to i don't think the padres allow signs that big that they snuck in but either way you know signs you know we and there was funny like the response to social media when people were like trying to find things that the dodgers did or dodger fans did and they were talking about like oh like the the steroid needle i think when the inflatable when taught when the padres played there and and i don't think you know people didn't understand the difference between the stadium doing something and fans doing something you know it's a completely different thing. And for me, the other thing is Tatis actually did get suspended for PEDs. Kershaw had a bad game. It's like, you know, Madison Bumgarner really did throw a fit about Max Muncy not even pimping a home run, you know? And so like the trolling that has happened, it's like, okay, but this is responses to things that actually happened. You know, the, the, the Kershaw thing, the thing that was so baffling about, and like you said, you know, the problem was it, it just wasn't funny or clever. You know, it was, hey, look, here's a guy, and we put teardrops on him. And, oh, you know, if we've been watching baseball for longer than three years, we'd know he's the best pitcher we've ever seen. Uh, it, it's, yeah. So I, I I really don't have any issue with responses to things that actually happen. You know, and, I mean, I remember, you you probably remember going to Dodger games in the mid-2000s and, and people uh, harassing Barry Bonds about using steroids. You know, uh, that's it's going to happen at every stadium. And yeah, there's probably a little bit more because of Tatis and, you know, because the one game the Padres did win Tatis hit two home runs. And so Tatis is always going to be a lightning rod. Even, even before he uh, got caught cheating, he was going to be a lightning rod just because of his personality and because he's really good. Uh, so yeah, the, the, I think the Dodgers will continue to be a classier organization. And so you won't see anything uh, official from them. But yeah, I I think it's okay for the fans to be fired up for this because baseball is supposed to be fun. And, and the fact is, Dodger Stadium does have a lot of casual fans there. That's how the Dodgers fill the stadium 81 times a year. It's why the wave is so popular at Dodger Stadium because there are a lot of people there just to have a good time. And so there are people who aren't 
diehard Dodger fans who aren't as into the, you know, the nuances of things as you and I are, who, you know, all they know really is, oh, Dodgers and Padres have been battling each other for four years now. It's it's a big deal. And so I think there is going to be a lot of that casual fan uh, atmosphere, which will be pretty fired up and uh, because they're going to be there for the spectacle of, hey, it's it's the Padres. They're rivals right now. And Tatis cheated. And Manny Machado used to be a Dodger, and now he's a wiener. And, you know, all this stuff. And so, uh, man, am we, we going to have to mark this as unsafe for us now that I called Manny Machado a wiener? Um, you know, it, it's, uh, yeah, that's what I meant. He's, he's a Frankfurter. Uh, it's, uh, so there is going to be a lot of that. And, and I think it'll be fun. And uh, really, as long as the Dodgers score more runs than the Padres in each of the three games, that's all that really matters to me. Uh, but you know, the atmosphere should be fun. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. You know, the Dodgers, every player has said it. And even if they felt differently, I don't think they would say differently. You know, every time you ask the Padres about the Dodgers, they just play right into it. Every time you ask the Dodgers about the pod or the pod, the Dodgers about the Padres, it's just another series. It's just another, whatever, you know? And, and I think that's always perfect in, in, in the response. Cause it is like, it is a, just a series in May. And now, you know, when it comes down to it, Series in May can be a difference when it comes down to it in October, so, you know, September and early October when you're maybe the divisions on the line. But at this point, there's no reason to get get too much into it. Um, and, you know, it, it is a little bit one side in the sense of there was, you know, the Dodgers at the very least now, you know, the rivalry parts always, oh, it's until you beat or till you know, somebody starts winning. The Dodgers had always won. And last year they did finally lose in the postseason to the Padres. So like now, in the moment, it's a rivalry, and, you know, right now there's been rivalries like that that go a couple years, and then they don't, you know, the Pirates and Reds had fights almost every other series a couple years ago for, like, you know, a couple years in, in succession, and now I don't think they even care about each other anymore like that, you know, other than that they play each other more often than everyone else. So, yeah, it, it'll be fun. Um, you know, if, as long as everyone's just fine on Sunday, you know, there's going to be a lot of mothers in the house on Sunday. So let's be respectful, respectful Sunday, Friday, Saturday, go crazy. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if the Pirates Reds has to do with the Steelers Bengals. Cause they're big rivals, aren't they? Yeah. that Yeah. That's a big one. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. I know that some Dodger fans feel like the Red Sox are rivals because the Lakers and Celtics are rivals. So, but uh, yeah. And the Padres San Diego doesn't have any other teams. So there's none of that going on here. Uh, yeah, it, it should be fun. And like I said, as long as the Dodgers win three games this weekend, I don't really care what else happens. Uh, yeah, be respectful for Mother's Day for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. And also, this will be the first real hostile environment Tatis goes into. He's been either teams that don't care or don't have fans or at home. Um, not. I don't think it's going to affect – like it's not going to be like the Astros where some guys were affected by it. This will be one three-week, three-day series in LA where it was already kind of hostile toward him anyways. So it's not gonna be anything extra, uh, but hopefully the Dodgers can shut him down and, you know, get those, those exaggerated cheers when he strikes out. Yeah. Although with Tatis, I could see, I could see him hitting four home runs in a game, you know, like he, he's, he's already done that. I, in, I, I think he's oblivious to this stuff, you know? So yeah, maybe we'll put this episode out early. We usually do them first thing in the morning, but because of the day game, we're recording this in the afternoon. So maybe we'll do an e evening episode. So those of you who are listening, on your way to work on Thursday morning, it's still there for you, but you know, maybe uh, no reason so waiting. And then I guess, the way home from work. yeah. And tomorrow's we might put out early too, because we're going to record our mailbag a little bit earlier in the day because I have to go up to Idaho for a baseball tournament. So maybe the, today and tomorrow will be uh, early episodes. Uh, 
But one quick question for you, Vince, it only has a little bit to do with this conversation that we've had. You mentioned Ricky the month earlier. In 2006, did you know Hanley Ramirez won the National League Rookie of the Year Award? He didn't win Rookie of the Month in any month, but four months his teammates did win Rookie of the Month. Josh Johnson won it twice. Uh, Dan Ugla won it once. And Annabelle Sanchez won it once. Uh, so the Marlins had four rookies of the month that, that year uh, and a different guy won rookie of the year. Oh, that's interesting. Of the 12 uh, guys who got rookie of the year votes that year, six of them were Marlins and three of them were Dodgers. There you go. Yeah. This is why we're here. This is why you're here, Jeff, uh, for these factoids. All that important <laughs> stuff. Hey, and Hanley Ramirez played for the Dodgers at some point. So uh, it, it's, it's relevant. It all wraps up. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Remember, the Dodgers are off tomorrow. But on Friday, if you're not going to be able to watch, you can listen on SiriusXM or the SXM app. All you got to do is search for Dodgers, and you can find the home broadcast for every game. Uh, if you want to listen to us, like we mentioned, we're wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube. You can subscribe in each of those places and make it easy to become an everydayer. And every day or just someone that listens to the podcast every day or as close to possible as every day. You know, sometimes you, you miss a day, but we're not checking your history, guys. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're if your intention is to listen every day and you listen to like almost every day, that's that's enough for us. You know, we're not you're an everyday. Yeah. yeah, you're an everyday or so go join that group. Uh, tell your friends, tell your family, let them become everydayers. You guys can all become everydayers, and then you know, you guys can be part of an exclusive club that maybe not people know about. But if the more you tell people, the more people will know about it. So then that's a good thing. We're not we're not secret. It's not like Fight Club where you know first rule is don't talk about Fight Club. First rule of Locked On Dodgers is <laughs> always talk about Locked On Dodgers. Yeah, exactly. So go go out there, spread the word. Uh, remember, you can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vincent's ninety one. Go get those questions in for tomorrow's mailbag right now um, because we're going to put this episode out early. So go put those questions in now. We'll answer them on tomorrow's episode. And you can also get a hold of us via email. You can send those questions via email, lockdowndodgers at gmail.com or via voicemail text at 323-863-5625. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car. If you're at home, text my device, play podcast, Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow.